Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. I don't know why you don't like that. I do, I do love it. I love it. No, okay, okay. No, I think no, it's no, great. no, no, no. Couldn't see me okay. dancing. I'm not talking about the music. I know, no, I know, about, I know the I'm music, great. Right? Okay, so for for anybody who's listening, right? Uh, I I think it was like like last week or the week before, right? Um, Brosley yeah. here says, uh, you know, I like our intro, but I gotta I gotta uh, re-record my parts. I'm like, what's yeah. wrong with it? So. And I don't think you actually told me why 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 you weren't worried. I don't like my voice, which is weird. I've been into podcasting for three three years now, three or four years, and uh, for somebody who hates the sound of his own voice, uh, I I still like to podcast. So, um, but no, I I don't know. I just I I like I hear I hear what the way I recorded it, and I'm like, oh, that could be better. I could do that better. I could do it better. So Mr. I'll probably never be satisfied with whatever intro we do. I would like to do it again. Okay. I feel like I could bring some more life to my uh, voiceover part. I feel like I can because some words you can't understand what I'm saying. Um, I think yours is great. No, man. It's my, just mine. It was like kind of like you could tell I was like da 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 And I'd rather it be more natural, right? So anyway well, see, I think your voice out I think you have more of like a radio voice you have like that golden golden voice you know I've been told I, I have a radio face me too <laughs> so you and I are, are like radio How unfortunate for the both of us that's right yeah yeah but uh, uh my voice sounds like um scooter from the Muppets still Muppets. I, I miss that about our intros so any of you new listeners a lot of our old episodes um that was the intro it was um it I would say, my, my, I, I, I'd say, hey everybody, welcome back to When Words Fail on Music Speaks. I'm your handicapped host, and yes, my voice sounds like Scooter from the Muppets. But who cares? Because <laughs> I don't, right? And, and I, I was the loudest guy in the room, but only when I was playing the drums. And you sank Atlantis. And I sank Atlantis. And I still don't know how me. you did it, man. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, Keith Buckley can tell me. I, I hope one of these days. If yeah. we can ever have him on the show, I would love freaking love that. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, anyway, well, I'll, I'll 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 try my hardest to get him. But um, great. there was something I was going to tell you, but I forgot. Maybe it'll come back to me. It'll come back to you. Yeah. Do you have any new vinyl this week? Um, you have, but we've already we've already de- we've already demoed the the new vinyl, so I guess that doesn't apply. I don't have anything new. Um. The only thing that I have uh, to bring to the table today is the fact that this episode was actually a suggestion for us to do, um, which is definitely a push that we want to 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 give you yes. guys. Like, we yes. would love for you to tell us what kind of episodes you want us to put out. Um, so, before we get into oh. all this today, yeah, go ahead. Okay, all right. So before you lose it, <laughs> yes, please, guy, because I just remembered it. Okay, all right, so. I- for for people who who was first time listeners, um, we do interviews with with musicians, and we've done we've done it with like Gene Hoagland and uh, and 
and uh, Scott, Scott Scott Page Scott Page from Pink Floyd and and those yes. um Blake was on there with me when we did it, but sometimes he can't make it, right? So I will ask you, what are you doing Monday? Well, you're probably working, on, aren't you? On Mondays, Mon- yes. Monday mornings. Damn Monday morning, okay. yes. Right, so who, who you got? Okay, so this is going to be... Okay, so this is the only time that he can... Huh? Is it a surprise? No, well, it's a surprise for you. Oh. But, but I'm going to tell everybody because they can, they can send us questions for him. Um, you know Anthrax. Of course. Okay, so have you? Do you remember John Bush from Anthrax? John Bush yeah. from Anthrax. I don't. He the did, name doesn't stand he, out to me. He did. We are coming for you all. Album. Okay. Okay. And he did okay. like like four or five more. Okay. And, and he was he is the lead singer of Armored Saint. Okay. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah. I have. Okay, so I got the the opportunity. We got the opportunity to talk uh-huh. to John Bush. Next Monday, August, August, October fourth, at twelve thirty uh-huh. p.m. Okay. So anybody who has questions for John Bush from Anthrax and Slash Armored Saint, please send them to us on um when podcast at gmail dot com. And if you yeah. have any questions from you, you, you can just text me. I don't care. So, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, what a, what an opportunity! What a, what a huge opportunity! Uh. Right. To interview somebody who was in one of the big four, the, yeah, one of the biggest fans <laughs> of all time, yeah, that's amazing. Oh, I tried so hard to get get to get him on a on a night night schedule because I know you you work, but mm-hmm. uh, but I just couldn't I couldn't pull it out. All good. No, no, yeah, yeah. It, it, it even if it's like even if you get somebody like Travis Barker, and uh, you're you know, and I, he can only do I wouldn't do that, do I would not do that. I would not do that. I would never do that to you. I would I would demand him come whenever you're free. Well thank like, you. Look here, look here, Travis. Kardashian okay. first. Well yeah. He has Whisper, yeah. isn't he? Do what? He has Whisper now, isn't he? I guess uh Kim Yes, uh, yeah. Him, he and he and Courtney Kardashian are together, they're flying all over the place, going to like Italy for like dessert. And uh she's kinda like I don't know, I talked about it talked about this with Allie like I never talk about like celebrity gossip or right. anything right. but like he's been in the headlines because he's with Courtney Kardashian now right yeah, yeah and like you know the whole MGK and Megan Fox thing whatever but like I told Allie it was like have you looked at him lately like you see the way he's dressing lately no he didn't start all that until he started dating her and I don't I don't like it I don't like it one bit so, so okay. anyway Tell you, tell you a little secret. MGP, MGK's been talking some shit about Slipknot. Big time about Slipknot. I, I don't know. like it. He's, I don't like I that, man. I, I love the pop punk album. I really do. Tickets to My Downfall is a, is a great album. But that's um, it. I like the direction. Yeah. But like MGK is just, he's ready to start a fight with somebody. And I don't get it. And he's talking about people that he should be looking up to yeah. like all the, all the bands that you're starting to tour with now and like wanting to kind of like become friends with, I guess in this new like pop punk subgenre that you're entering in, right. looked up to Slipknot and he was talking major trade. What did he say? What did he say? 
like at least I'm not 50 year olds, uh, 50 years old wearing a weird mask or yeah. something like that. And then, and then did you hear the, and then, and then, and then did you hear the next thing you said after that? No, uh uh-uh. Who else likes candy? That's what he said? Or something like, like, okay. like, what's your favorite candy? I'm like, what are you talking about? Such a weird guy. He's a weird guy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you that the Tickets to My Downfall album is great. I'll yeah. I, I'll give anybody that any day of the week, but I don't. Yeah. I, he's a great actor too. He played oh, a great. Yeah, that's he right. Played he played a, Tommy Lee in uh, the, the Dirt. The Dirt. Yeah, he he did, he did a great job in that one. But I think yeah. if he doesn't keep his mouth shut, he's gonna end up in another uh, another genre that he's he's gonna get canceled. That you know. Yeah, Eminem already gave it to him one time. Uh, you don't want to court it. Well, well, Slipknot fans are are, are like covering Corey more, Taylor. Yeah. More, more brutal. Oh yeah, sure. tons, yeah, tons more. <laughs> so it's, it's amazing what what the fans can do for you know, yeah. you know people like that. So yeah. anyway, but uh, like, yeah, like we were like we were saying, this is this is an episode suggestion. So if you guys want to send us suggestions for any future episodes, we'd love to do it. Yeah, and uh, this will kind of cap off like right before we get into our Halloween episodes that are coming out. Um, this will be like the last, like one of the last like regular ones, I guess for maybe the year. I don't know. I guess in, in, in November we'll have some regular yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, this is, this will be the last like normal episode before the Halloween ones. Got a lot of great Halloween episodes coming up. So, um, the, but yeah, this was a suggestion. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we're excited to do this one, cover this topic today. But first, uh, but first, let's do a this day in music. All right, let's do it. So, this day in music for September twenty seventh. Once again, thank you to thisdayinmusic.com uh, for the notes on this today. Uh, so, yeah, September twelfth, uh, September twenty seventh, nineteen sixty four. The Beach Boys made their TV debut on the Ed Sullivan Show on uh, US TV, where they performed <laughs> their first number one single, "I Get Around" in Wendy. Uh, in 1967, working on new songs, the Beatles recorded various parts for the new John Lennon song, I Am the Walrus. This is great. This is great. Lennon received a letter from a pupil at Quarry Bank High School that mentioned an English teacher was making his class analyze Beatles lyrics. Uh, Lennon, amused that a teacher was putting so much effort into understanding the Beatles lyrics, decided to write in his next song, The Most Confusing Lyrics, that he could. That is why we have I Am the Walrus. Uh, in 1980, David Bowie scored his fourth UK number one album with his 14th studio album, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps. That is my favorite David Bowie album. Um, the album features the singles Ashes to Ashes and Fashion. Also, the title track, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps, is my favorite David Bowie song. Um, in 1986, the Beatles track Twist and Shout re-entered the U.S. singles chart over 25 years later, uh, or 25 years after it first appeared after the gang, uh, the gang, the song was featured in the film Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, in 1986, sadly, Metallica bassist uh, Cliff Burton was killed after the band's tour bus crashed between Stockholm and Copenhagen. Uh, during a European tour, members of the band uh, drew cards for the most comfortable bunk on the tour bus. Uh, Burton had won the game with an ace of spades and was asleep when the tour bus ran over a patch of black ice and then skidded off the road. Very sad. R.I.P. Cliff Burton. Um, in 2003, Kylie Minogue uh, called in uh, 
police to investigate a series of threatening letters. The singer became concerned after receiving 700 letters at her home and office. The letter um, started as an ordinary fan mail, uh, but then became increasingly aggressive. Uh, In 2004, legendary record producer Phil Spector uh, was formally charged with murder in the February 3rd, 2003 shooting of actress uh, Lana Clarkson. Um, she, uh, he was convicted in April of 2009 and sentenced to 19 years to life in the California state prison system. In 2008, going back to Metallica, uh, they started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. album chart for Death Magnetic, the band's ninth studio album. What a great way to play uh, to pay tribute to Cliff Burton. Um, been doing that, right? Right. Um, in 2011, Tony Bennett became the oldest living person uh, to top the U.S. album chart when the 85-year-old's Duets 2 album went number one. The record, which featured collaborations with Amy Winehouse uh, and Lady Gaga, was also um, his first U.S. number one in his 60-year career. The previous oldest performer to chop the chart to chop top the chart was Bob Dylan in 2009 with to, um, "Together Through Life." At the time, he was 67 years old. And then finally, in 2012, Lil Wayne uh, became the new king of uh, the Billboard Hot 100 by placing his 109th song on the chart as an artist. The rapper featured on the game's uh, latest track, Celebration. Uh, Elvis Presley, with the 108 entries, had held the title previously for 45 years. Man. And that was today's The Stay in Music. It seems like the Beatles is always on it. Always. Oh, there's always a Beatles reference. Always, it yeah. seems like there's always a Beatles reference, and there's always a Jimi Hendrix in there, but there was no Jimi Hendrix this time. Nope. No. No. That's true. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So this episode was suggested by Tom Moore. Yeah, um, Mr. Tom. I. I I think he you don't won. know who he is. I, I know who he is. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you. I'll well, tell you how this happened too. Okay. Um, so every Saturday morning, Allie and I get up and we go to Brubaker's here in town to get a coffee and like a cinnamon roll or something before we come back home and watch our normal Saturday morning shows that we like to watch. So we go to Brubaker's last week. We saw Mr. Tom um, and uh, Miss Debbie. Uh, Mr. Tom loves to listen to the podcast. So thank you for nice. your support on that. Thank you, sir. Um, but uh, Miss Debbie... Um, was Allie's office manager at um, State Farm when Allie, whenever Allie worked there. Um, they're very, very close. Um, they're very good friends of ours. That's who we were at the beach with whenever oh, nice. I got yeah. very, very sunburnt. Um, in fact, we talked about that when I ran into him um, yeah. because he listened to that episode it, we, we, when we had Casey Allen on okay, and yeah, talked yeah. about my sunburn. But, uh, but yeah, Mr. Tom, um, we got to talking while we were in line and he was like, you guys should do a Southern Rock episode. And I was like, all right we sure will and then we're doing a southern rock episode so thank you mr tom for the show suggestion um but if you guys have any suggestions that you want to send us um you can either hit us up on our social media pages if you know us personally and you have our phone numbers you can text us just don't be aggressive like kylie minogue um don't send me 700 texts no no Um, but uh, or you can email us directly at when words fail uh, podcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll be glad to do an episode whatever you guys want to listen to so yes sir yes sir so um this episode is called turn it up turn it up because it's southern southern rock 
Yeah. I, I think you got it from like like you said before, like a Leonard Skinner song or something. Yeah, Sweet Home Alabama. It's like yeah. it's the beginning. Yeah, that beginning little subtle little turn it up. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, uh, little little thing you did there. So little tie-in. Awesome. Yeah. 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 It all come together. Make make my brain explode, right? So here we go. Okay, so Southern Rock is a subgenre of rock music, obviously, right? Obviously. And and the genre of Americana. It developed in the southern United States from rock and roll and country music and the blues. And it's focused generally on electric guitars and vocals. Uh, author Scott B. Uh, Bomar speculates the term Southern Rock may have been coined in 1972 by Mo Slotten, writing for Atlanta's underground paper, uh, the Great Specter, the Great Speckled Bird, and review of of an Almond Brothers band concert. Almond Brothers band is something else oh, to say, man. Superb. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. The heyday of Southern Rock in in the 1970s began with the 1973 release of Almond Brothers Band. Brothers and Sisters album, which major hit Ramblin' Man. Oh, oh yeah. just a, okay, yeah. On a Ramblin' Man. Right. And you sing good, man. Start, oh, thanks. Start a band, right? <laughs> and the, and uh, other Southern-inflicted tunes like Jessica. Mm, uh, yeah, the, that's a good one, too. The album was the uh, departure from the previous Allman Brothers work, which until the, the, the death of band leader... Dwayne Almond in late October 1971 has been purely blues rock. So, Almond Brothers Band, did, did they do, um, oh, um, I can't remember now. It's like, I, I, it's like one of my favorite songs and I can't even remember the name. Going up a mountain, the highest mountain, jump off, nobody's gonna know. Can't you see? Can't you see? That was um Marshall Tucker band. Yeah. Okay. So I yeah. yeah. And we'll get into them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Because I haven't looked over this yet, so I'm you know so. Yeah. Yeah. It's great yeah, that we'll, you Yeah, that's Marshall Tucker band. Can't you see? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, Dickie Betts' song, uh, "Blue Sky," which had appeared on the 1972 Eat a Peach album, was the one song recorded during the Dwayne Almond era that could, in retrospect, be seen as a bridge to Southern Rock. Betts, uh, extension as band leader following the death of Almond and the Barry Oakley, uh, and then Barry Oakley, uh, the band's original bassist, uh, turned the direction of the band and American pop music in general uh, towards a more Southern fried sound. And you got a little chicken, a little, like little, little, <laughs> little chicken icon, the fried chicken leg emoji I threw in there. A southern fried sound <laughs> with the chicken egg on it. I love it. I love it. I got really hungry doing the notes for this. I've never wanted KFC so much in my life. Did you eat KFC? No, I wish oh. I had though. Oh, we had Italian good. tonight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank my. you, Zambinos. There you go, man. Another Zambinos. local plug. Yes, yes. It, <laughs> So in the early 1970s, another wave of hard rock southern groups emerged, 
Uh, their music emphasized boogie, rhyme, boogie rhythms and fast guitar leads with lyrics extolling the values, aspirations, and excesses of southern working class young adults. Like the Outlaw Country movement. Mm, uh, yeah, I love Outlaw Country, man. Yeah. That's like um, Will, Will, Will and Jennings, Johnny Cash. Will and, and, and okay. Johnny Cash, yep, all those. Um, mm-hmm. Willie, Willie Nelson, right? Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. The music itself is heavily influenced by the late 60s electric rock music scene. And the 1990s also saw the influence of Southern Rock. The Black Crows performed in Atlanta, Georgia, blending the yeah. sound of, of bands like Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones with a Southern touch of the Almond Brothers Band. Additionally, alternative rock groups like King of the Leon combined Southern Rock with Ride rock, alternate country, and blues rock. Several of the early 1970s hard rock uh, southern rock groups are still performing today, such as Leonard Skinner, the Marshall Tucker Band, Molly Hatchet, ZZ Top, and Wet Willie. Kid, Kid Rock, my name is Kid. Okay. I sang, dude, I sang Ball with the Ball in karaoke the other night. Um. And I let out that long, like, my name is Kid. Like, it's just, Kid, baby. It's Kid Rock. It, yeah. And I held it. And, like, everybody <laughs> just kind of, like, stopped and was like, whoa. Uh. <laughs> you got lungs, dude. Right. So, my name is Kid Rock. Grew a, yeah. drew, a uh, drew from Southern Rock for singles. I am the bull god. I am. The, that's a good song. And yeah. the uh, albums Cocky in 2001 and Rebel Soul in 2012. Okay. As did Uncle Cracker on his 2002 album No Stranger to Shame. Mm-hmm. In 2005, singer Bo Bice took an explicit, explicit, what? Explicitly. Southern rock, yeah. Yeah. Southern rock sensibility and an appearance to a, to a runner up finish. On the normally pop-oriented American Idol te- television program, with a performance of the Almonds' "Whipping Post," and later performed Skinner's "Freebird," and with yeah. Skinner on stage with them, "Sweet Home Alabama." Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember? You remember Bob Ice? Did you ever watch American Idol? I, yes, I do remember yep. him. Yeah. Yep. A, yeah. Um, that was a, that was a while back, but yeah, he was. I think he he won. He won American Idol. And um, okay. He he had that yeah he had that like southern rock vibe going on so. Okay, so I'm not sure if you share the same statement that I'm gonna make. Okay. Okay. I, lo- I love Leonard Skinner to death. Okay, don't get uh-huh. me wrong. Sweet Home Alabama, great song. Okay, but mm-hmm. I could go the rest of my life without listening to Freebird, and I would be just fine. <laughs> I love just fine. I love Freebird. I do, I do love Freebird. Yeah, I have played, I have played Freebird live, um, twice, right, with a band, um, and both times the group of guys that I played it with was a friend of they were they were all friends of my dad. Yeah, and it's kind of like you know I jammed with these guys when I was like learning how to play drums, just to kind of learn how you play with other musicians, and you learn to kind of like feed off of each other and things like that. And, but they used to do this thing 
uh, one of the guys' names was Dude. Um, that that was his nickname was Dude, and he used to do something every year called Dude Fest. And I played two Dude Fests um, with them, and they just had like a bunch of guys get together and play music, and they drew a big crowd, and they had barbecues and yada yada yada. It was fun time, really was. But both times that I played Freebird, I was like, my God, when is this song going to be over? Because it's longer. Yeah. The, I mean, the 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 Leonard Skinner live version of of Freebird is so it's freaking like long, too. It's minutes long or something. It's forever. Like, yeah, I, I, right. I, I, so, I, 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 but I, like these, this was an opportunity for all those guys. It was like, seriously, there was like seven guys playing guitar. Like, no lie. There was seven oh, guys yeah. playing guitar. Yeah. And they were they were all taking a chance to do a solo. So when you're the drummer, you're just playing the same thing over and over and over again while each guy takes a turn doing a solo for like, several, several measures, and you're just like, I'm over it. Now I I, I kind of wrote Freebird off for a while after that. Right. I've learned to relove it. Um and a lot of that has to do with the passing of Allie's cousin Hunter, um, because Freebird was one of his favorite songs, yeah. um, and now that song means even more to the whole family now. So, um, after Hunter passed uh, passed away, they gave out bracelets um, that Aww. say "Free as a Free as a Bird" um, on it, and um, I've got it in my car, just you know, over like one of the handles, and. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it it took on a new meaning to me after that. But yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, at at first, I was like, "Dude, I'm freaking over Freebird," and it was you know it became a novelty to do it shows whenever the band is setting up and you're they're coming back out for the encore and you're like, some some guy is Freebird. You know, yeah. Some guy in the crowd is going to yell Freebird. Right. So, but that's how much influence that they had oh, um, it, yeah. it, on a wide range of people. Going back to to you said the eighty minutes version of Freebird. There was another song called Green Grass and High Tides by some some other band um, that was on Guitar Hero, and I feel so sorry for the drummer because it's just like just like you said, uh, the same just over the same and, over, over, and, and over. over for ten minutes. That song yeah. played Green Grass and High Tides. So anybody yeah. who knows that song, um, yeah. I don't know who sings it, but it's it's a I'll good look song. It up. Okay, I'll look it up. It's a good song, but Jesus is like long as hell. <laughs> so, all right, so going back to the to 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 do the Southern Rock, the Outlaws. That's who does it. Okay, cool. The Outlaws. The Outlaws. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, thank you for looking that up for me. You got it. Uh, so Southern Rock currently plays on radio in the United States today, but mostly on oldie stations and classic rock stations. Although and butt rock stations. Remember our butt rock episode. And butt rock. And <laughs> nothing but rock. <laughs> nothing but rock. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> uh, although uh, this class of music gets minor radio play, there is still a following for older bands like Leonard Skinner and the All Main Brothers Band uh, playing venues with sizable crowds, obviously, because every, everybody wants to see the reincarnation of Leonard Skinner because... Uh, back in the Dude, hit, but, I, I mean, had the opportunity to see Leonard Skinner at Carolina Rebellion one year. Did you? Um, and it was amazing. Oh man, they were great. Um, and and that was at a festival. Allie actually got to go to one of their concerts one time. No way. And she said it was amazing. So oh, wow. um, yeah, 
Did, 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 Great lot. Did they play the twenty minute version of Freebird? Of course. Yeah. They <laughs> Always. <laughs> right? different. It's different when it's them when you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Show, watching them play, it, you're just like, oh man, they're they're so talented. But yeah, it was. I totally it's agree. You hear it on the radio, and you're like, "All right, guys, let's hurry up." Click, or if you're playing uh, drums to it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You don't get a solo. No. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't. They they don't have like two or three drummers. You know, yeah, man, you take over now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so post grunge bands such as Shinedown, Same Enable, Saliva, Three Doors Down, Twelve Stones, Default, Blackstone Cherry, and Three of the Dead Men have included a southern rock feel to their songs and have recorded cover versions of southern classics such as Simple Man, Tuesday's Gone. Metallica has also covered Tuesday's Gone, which is a great, great version yeah. on, their, on their album Garage Incorporated. Deftones does a really good cover Simple of Man. Simple Man, too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and also, Saliva, I, I don't know if you know this, but Saliva did, did a very country... Uh, a southern southern rock song called "Holding On." I'm not sure which album it is from. Not familiar with that one. But everybody needs to listen to it because it brings back the the uh, southern rock feel, you know, to it. Yeah. So, additionally, alternative rock groups such as Drive By Tuckers, The Biter Rockets, Band of Horses, My Morning Jacket, Hester, uh, Stateline Mob, uh, The Steep Water Band. And Greaser Grapes and the King Leon combine Southern rock with rawer genres such as garage rock, alternate country, and blues rock. Much of the old style country rock, as well as other classic rock, has made its transitions into country music genre. Establishing itself as, along the lines of outlaw country, like we said before in, in recent years. Yeah. Southern rock has influenced. Uh, Southern rock influences uh, can be seen in the metal and hardcore punk genres. Uh, this is showcased by the, such bands as as Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. Yes. He, he is legend. Yes. Every yes. Every time I die. Yes. Yes. Cancer bats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Clutch. Yes. Yes. Wants nothing. And yes. Memphis Mayfire. Yes. All right. Oh, and but... embracing goodbye. Yes, Casey Allen. Yes, everyone. Best we had the drummer for embracing goodbye here on the show. Casey Allen's twice. been on the show twice. Twice. Yep. yep. He came on last so, year and he came on like a couple of months ago, didn't he? Yep, he uh, sure did. And that's the episode that Mr. Tom was listening to oh, when he heard okay, about yeah. my when he heard about my sunburn uh, was when we had Casey Allen, former drummer of Embracing Goodbye, on the show. It all comes back around. Synchronicities are real. Aliens are real. Let's continue. I love Casey, man. Casey is such a good. Casey's dude. such a good dude. Yeah, such a good Casey, dude. Casey's like, let's let's just go ahead and and call Casey like the third host of the show yes it, we can, it, we can it, feel, it feels like every time that he's on it feels like he's been on every single episode so right. casey's such a good guy yeah totally. all right well let's jump right into it we're going to show you some examples of um some great southern rock bands here all these bands are wonderful i can't wait yeah, to do this God, yeah. why would it do this sooner God, I so know, thank right? you again mr tom for this uh show suggestion but um so yeah let's talk about the almond brothers band a little bit uh, the Almond Brothers Band were an American rock band formed in Jacksonville, Florida in 1969 by brothers Dwayne Almond, 
uh, almond with a D, <laughs> almond, almond milk. Dwayne Almond, uh, founder, uh, he also played slide guitar and lead guitar, and then Greg Almond on the vocals, uh, keyboards, and he did all the songwriting, as well as Dickie Betts on the lead guitar, also did vocals, also did songwriting, Barry Oakley on the bass, and Butch Trucks on the drums, as also, also uh, Johnny Jamal, Jamo? Jamo. Johanny? Johanny Jamo Johnson. Yes. On the drums. Uh, So they had two drummers. Uh, Subsequently based in Macon, Georgia. Uh, Yeah, they did it. They did it first. Uh, The band incorporated elements of blues, jazz, and country music, and their live shows featured jam band styled improv and uh, instrumentals. Yeah. Um, So... The, uh, the group's first two studio releases, the Allman Brothers Band in 1969 and Idlewild South in 1970, stalled commercially, but their 1971 live release at Fillmore East represented an artistic and commercial breakthrough. The album features extended versions of their songs in memory of Elizabeth Reed and Whipping Post um, and is considered among the best live albums ever made. Mm-hmm. They are not wrong. No, they're not. Um. Great, uh, group leader Dwayne Allman was killed in a motorcycle accident later that year uh, on October 29th in 1971 and the band dedicated Eat a Peach later in 1972 to his memory a dual live slash studio album um, that cemented the band's popularity and featured Greg Allman's Melissa great song um, and Dickie Betts Blue Sky uh, following the motorcycle death of bassist Barry Oakley man two motorcycle deaths in one band how, how does that happen um, one year and 13 days later on November 11th in 1972 the group recruited keyboardist Chuck Leval, uh and bassist Lamar Williams for 1973's Brothers and Sisters I hope that whenever they brought in new band members one of the first question was uh, one of the first questions was do you own a motorcycle <laughs> and if you do you should get rid of it right um, so, uh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the album includes uh Bet's hit single Ramblin' Man and instrument, uh, instrumental Jessica, which I loved playing on Guitar Hero too. Yes. Oh my God. Um, yeah. These tunes went on to become classic rock radio staples, uh, and placed the group at the forefront of the 1970s rock music. Um, internal strains overtook them soon after and the group dissolved in 1976 reformed briefly at the end of the decade though with an addition with some additional changes and then dissolved again in 1982 the band reformed once more in 1989 releasing a string of new albums and touring heavily a series of changes in the late 1990s was capped by the departure of bets uh, the group found stability during the 2000s with bassist Otil uh, Burbridge and guitarists Wayne uh, Warren Haynes and Derek Trucks, the nephew of the original drummer, um, and became renowned for their month-long uh, string of shows at New York City's Beacon Theater each spring. The band retired for good in October of 2014 after their final show at the Beacon Theater. The Allman Brothers Band were considerably influential in the, in the southern United States. Their arrival on the musical scene paved the way for several other notable uh, southern rock styles, among those being Leonard Skinner. Marshall Tucker Band and Wet Willie uh, to achieve commercial uh, success and also <clears throat> quote almost single handedly made Capricorn Records into a major independent label. Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top writing for Rolling Stone wrote that the group quote defined the, the best of every music from the American South in that time. They were the best of all of us. Uh, he went on to call the band a true brotherhood of players. One that went beyond race and ego. 
it was a thing of beauty. The band extended, excuse me, the band's extended popularity through heavy touring in the early 1990s created a new generation of fans, one that viewed the Almonds as pioneers of latter-day collegiate jam rock. Uh, All Music praised the band's history, um, saying they went from being America's uh, being America's single most influential band to a shell of their former self trading on past glories to reach the 21st century resurrected as one of the most respected rock acts of their era. And they're not wrong. Every time the Almond Brothers band comes up, it is with like, it, it's like people are so humbled to even be able to talk, to talk about the band, you know, um, they were just wonderful and so influential in so many different ways. It, it really, if you're a musician, like, even if you're not a musician, you can, you can get into them. But as a musician, you you hear the things that they were doing, and, and especially during that time when it wasn't as common to do that type of thing, you have these long instrumentals. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The big wave of jam bands in the 90s, like Dave Matthews, like they are so heavily influenced by yeah, the Almond Brothers, no yeah. doubt. Right. And then Guitar Hero too. I said Jessica was my favorite song to play on Guitar Hero 2, no doubt. Yeah, Jessica was a was a fantastic song too. I love playing it's a that. Bop. It's it's a bop. Man. It's a bop, as the kids say. Did he really say that? I don't know. Yeah, the kids say it. The well, and listen, if the kids say it, I say it because I'm down. I'm well, I'm hip. I'm cool with them. I need to be more hip because um You're on TikTok. What do you mean? You're you're hip. You are oh 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 okay, so side note. I know before we get to okay, so I told my my coworkers about you. I said <laughs> I said my co host Blake Mosley says that it's a bop, and they all laughed at me. They're like, that, that's that's an actual term, James. I'm like, oh, I because I'm 41 years old, I know nothing about these new error <laughs> error. You know, I mean, they the, they laugh with me, not at me, because you know they all love me and I love them. So yeah, so. Okay, so are you ready to flirt with disaster? I'm ready to flirt with disaster yes, with sir. the Molly Hatchet. Molly Hatchet, man. Yeah. You said you said the guns were so great. So yeah. Molly Hatchet is an American Southern rock band formed by guitarist Dave Hulbick. What the Hulbick? Hulbick. I I tried to look up how to pronounce his last name. I couldn't find anything. H L U B E K. Hulbick sounds all right. Sure. <laughs> yes, we're sorry, Dave. Sorry, um, Dave. Um, in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, in 1971, they were a popular band during the late uh, late 1970s uh, and early to mid 1980s among the southern rock band, southern rock and hard rock communities. The band released six albums, studio albums, on Epic Records between 78 and 84. Including the platinum selling hit record records Molly Hatchet in nineteen seventy eight, Flirting with Disasters in seventy nine, and Beating the Odds in eighty. They also had successful hits on the Billboard charts, including Flirting with Disaster, um, The Rambler, Bloody Reunion, and Satisfied Man. Molly Hatchet has released eight more studio albums since their split with Epic Records in 85. Although none of them have been successful as the earlier stuff, uh, nor charted in the United States. 
So that's that's pretty pretty bad that uh, they haven't you know received more publicity yeah. after they they left Epic Records. Yeah, it's odd, you know. I I don't know what what happened during this. So who knows? Who knows? Molly Hatchet has experienced numerous change lineup changes throughout her fifty year career, as with as with many other bands. While its current lineup includes none of their members who played on the band's first album, who were all deceased. Keyboardist Johnny Gl- Gl- Glavin has been a member of Molly Hatchet since 84, with the exception of a break in between 91 and 94. And Bobby Ingram has been their guitarist since 87, when he replaced founding member Dave Hubuck. Hubuck. I don't know. Sure. Um, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I couldn't find <laughs> yeah. anything on how to pronounce his We're last so name. We're so sorry, Dave, yeah. Um, who so would, sorry. Who would rejoin the band 18 years later and stayed with the band until his death in 2017. Also, included in the current lineup are drummers, our drummer Sean Beamer, bass, bassist Tim Lindsay, and vocalist Jimmy Elkins. Yes. Um, Molly Hatchet has... Molly Hatchet... Took its name from a prostitute who allegedly mutilated and decapitated her plants. Yikes! So that's that's kind of the worst. Huh? <laughs> what, what a way to gear you up for Halloween! <laughs> I had no idea that was where where the name came from. There's another metal band, Oh Lizzie Borden. Yeah, you ever heard of that metal band? I heard that Lizzie Borden did this like like almost same thing with her family or something, right? Yeah, what's the rhyme? Um, something, something about gave gave her mother forty wax. Oh yeah, I've heard it. What's that line? Okay, uh, can you look it up? Yeah, I can. Yeah. I'll look it up while you while yeah. you finish that part. What I kind of I picked up Molly Hatchet's image is that many of the band's albums covers features art inspired by heroic fantasies. Nice. Several of yeah. which were painted by artists such as Frank Frazza, Bor- uh, Boris uh, Villajo, and Paul E. Paul R. Gregory. Yeah. Um, Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Mm. There yeah. you go. No, so. but yeah, Molly Hatchet, I was looking up the album covers earlier. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, they're, they're epic. Yeah. They're epic, man. Yeah. I think Thor is on like the cover of Everything. Flirting with Disaster. Yes, yes, yes. It's so it's so cool. Like I love their album covers. They had and they always stood out. Right. Yeah. I remember going in like Fye, and I mean, obviously, like I knew the song Flirting with Disaster, but the yeah. internet wasn't as easily accessible. Right. You know, you're only relying off of hearing it on the radio, and you, you you may get lucky, and they may say what the name of the previous song was and who sang it. So obviously, I knew flirting with this, with disaster, but I remember being a kid going through like Fye and like Kmart and Walmart or whatever, and just going through the CDs and seeing the Molly Hatchet album covers and just thinking they looked so cool, but I had no idea who they were. Until I got older, and I was like, "Oh, that was that band. Interesting." So, yeah. So this is the uh, 
Thing yeah, yeah, movie. with yeah. Thor on it. Yeah, yeah it's crazy, man. This is I love not, it. This is not the Marvel Thor. This is the, I guess, the Greek. Greek, Greek the, uh, the the actual, like, yeah. Norse Viking god Norse, Thor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so anybody on YouTube can see it. It's, it's cool. Yeah it's, yeah, it's awesome. And then they, yeah. and then they have uh, various heroic stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks like they... Their album covers kind of remind me of like Magic the Gathering cards, yes. which I've been playing a little bit of with right. um my sister in law Christine. Right. Um. Yeah, they, it looks. Yeah, that looks like it's straight out of a Magic the Gathering. Or it looks like yeah. it's something from Diablo two or something in Diablo three. You yeah. Know, yeah. 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 So it's really cool imagery. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 So. All, All right. right. Well, um, let's move on to a uh, South Carolina here we briefly covered marshall yes. tucker band in our bands from south carolina episode yes we did uh, but uh we're gonna expand on that a little bit here so um the marshall tucker band is a an uh, is an american rock band from spartanburg south carolina noted for incorporating blues country and jazz into an eclectic sound the uh, the marshall tucker band helped establish the southern rock genre in the early 1970s while the band had reached the height of its commercial success by the end of the decade um, it has recorded and performed continuously under various lineups for 45 years. Lead vocalist Doug Gray, that's so crazy, man. Lead vocalist Doug Gray remains the only member, uh, remains the only original member, excuse me, still active with the band. The original lineup of the Marshall Tucker Band, formed in 1972, included lead vocalist, steel guitarist, vocalist, and primary songwriter uh, Toy Caldwell, um, lead vocalist Doug Gray keyboard player, saxophone player, and flautist Jerry Eubanks, um, rhythm guitarist George McCorkle, drummer Paul Riddle, um, and bassist Tommy Caldwell. They signed with Capricorn Records um, and released their first album in 1973, The Marshall Tucker Band. Um, After Tommy Caldwell was killed in a car accident this time, not a motorcycle accident, car accident, um, he was replaced by bassist Franklin Wilkie. Uh, most of the original band members had left the band by the 1980s to pursue other projects. The band's current lineup consists of Gray on vocals, keyboard player, saxophonist, and flautist, um, Marcus James Henderson, okay. guitarist Chris right. Hicks, and wait, Rick wait, Willis. Wait, wait, wait. That's flutist. Flautist. Flautist? Flautist. Yeah, what? I have been told is the, pro- oh, the correct, okay. Okay, the so correct and- way to pronounce so- a Person who plays the flute is a, a flautist. Okay, because I had no, I thought that was flute or somebody. That's not. Yeah. That, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. I didn't mean. To no, you're good. Yeah. I was corrected on that a long time oh, ago. Okay, okay, okay. Flautist. Flautist. A flautist. It's one that plays the flute. Um. Yeah. So that was Marcus James Henderson, guitarist Chris Hicks and Rick Willis, uh, bassist Tony Black, and drummer BB Borden. The Marshall Tucker in the band's name. Uh, does not refer to a band member, but rather a blind piano tuner from Columbia, South Carolina. Mm. While the band was discussing possible band names one evening uh, in an old warehouse where they had rented for rehearsal space, uh, someone noticed that the warehouse's door key had the name Marshall Tucker inscribed on it mm. and suggested they call themselves the Marshall Tucker Band. Um not realizing that it referred to an actual person. Uh, it later came to light that Marshall Tucker, the blind piano tuner, had tuned a piano in that rented space before the band, and his name was inscribed on the key. That's cool. Yeah. So it, it wasn't a prostitute uh, mutilating no. and decap- decapitating no. her clients this time. 
Um, not to say that it won't ever happen again. Well, um, I mean, <laughs> let's hope not. But <laughs> yeah, uh, this economy, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, go figure. Tommy, right? Yeah. Tommy Caldwell <laughs> described the Marshall Tucker Band's music as progressive country. Uh, explaining that the band played country music structures and riffs combined with jazz improvisation, uh, upon which more complex structures were built from the country music foundation. The band had incorporated uh, throughout its career um, elements of diverse genres into its sound, most frequently blues and country and jazz. Uh, The band was also drawn to boogie, psychedelic, R&B, gospel, folk, and rock and roll. According to Allman's Jeff uh, Tamarkin, Toy Caldwell's guitar playing style was categorized by, quote, flashy jazz licks. Uh, The band has also been noted for extensive jamming. Another one of them bands where they just get on stage during a live performance and everybody gets a solo. Right, right. So remembering the early years uh, in 2012, Doug Gray describes the band as being like a, quote, a bowl of soup like your mom would cook. Whatever was in the refrigerator was all thrown in there, and however it tasted, that's what it was. Um, as he remarks, the the uh, result was so eclectic that the band, uh, excuse me, that the press didn't really know what to make of them as they failed to fit into any pigeonhole. And I love a band like that. You don't yeah. even know how to categorize them. Right. But um, I guess Southern Rock was like the closest thing they could get. Um, the band's self-titled album was categorized as country rock, progressive rock, and a Southern Rock classic. Guitarist and songwriter uh, Toy Caldwell drew heavily from bluegrass and country while writing the songs for the band's debut. The follow-up um, follow-up album, A New Life, was categorized as having more of a country sound. Uh, Where We All Belong has been described as a classic rock and roll album. And then the band's 1979 album, Running Like the Wind, features a pop rock and jazz fusion sound. Um, the follow-up, Tenth, was uh, also featured a boogie rock sound the band's 1998 album face down in the blues consisted as it simply titles or as the title sim- uh, as the title implies excuse me mm. entirely of nothing but the blues nice. so nice. they're all over the place and that's so fun mm. and it's also cool that a a band that's very heavily influenced in a really cool subgenre is from south carolina right um, yeah. and we mentioned that in our south carolina episode that we did but um yeah, so cool, man. I, I love I love Can't You See. I think it's a wonderful song. Um I just remember I do you remember those commercials that used to come on like super late at night, um, where it was like collections of all this music and like you had to buy like a ten disc set and like they yes. had the 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 music videos going and they're like yeah. the words of the songs that were featured on the thing were slowly like coming up or yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, like credits. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I always remember hearing Can't You See? Right. Yeah. Any, any of those like country, Southern rock, like uh, whatever they called them. I remember it was like there was one where like the, the album cover, I, just, I remember it very vividly, was just like this girl in blue jeans and a cowboy hat, like on the, the hood of a red car. And it was like Southern Fried Classics or something like that. And I just remember hearing all these songs that we're talking about so far. Can't yeah. You See, Flirting with Disaster, um, Sweet Home Alabama, all that was in there. So it's cool that Marshall Tucker Band is is grouped into that. Because oh, yeah. yeah. 
it just it it makes you proud. It makes you proud that your that your home state is represented with that. Yeah, it is yeah. a great band. So I mean, South Carolina has some amazing bands, you know. Which yeah. we talked about on our on our previous show. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. When Allie first saw you, were you a sharp dressed man? I was a sweaty dressed man. What were the you? First a sh- I I guess I was sharp in a way. I don't know. Hey, I was wearing my um band clothes. I guess I was playing in a band whenever we first met. Because guess what? Uh, every every girl's crazy, but a sharp dressed man. I guess it didn't matter what I was wearing because she was crazy about me no matter what. And she's still crazy about me today. There you go. So she says. So it makes sense, right? Okay. So um, so we are going to talk about ZZ Top, one of the all-time greatest bands of all time. I don't care who you are. They are. They are. Wonderful. All right. So ZZ Top is an American rock band forming in 1969 in Houston, Texas, almost close to where I was born, Austin, Texas. Exactly. Yep. Uh, for $1, for, oh, $1. I, I, one dollar. I, I read it wrong. For one dollar. For, for 51 <laughs> years, one dollar. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the band's cover um, comprised vocalist, guitarist, Billy Gibbons, drummer, Frank Beard, and vocalist, bassist, Dust Hill. Until he was death in 2001. Sidebar. I find it so funny that the drummer is named Frank Beard, but he has no beard at all, all this time. He's the only member that doesn't he's, have a beard. He's just got a mustache. Right. And, and his he, last name is Beard. And Dusty Hills and, Bill, and Billy Gibbons is like 14 feet long, you know? That's, yeah. That's strange to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Dusty Hill um, died uh, in, two, in 2021. 2021, and I don't think they real um found out how he died today. I hadn't, I haven't really heard. I'll look, I'll okay. look into that. Okay. How about that? Well, that was awesome. Uh, rooted in blues, ZZ uh, Top has developed a signature sound based on Gibbons's blues guitar style and Hills and Beard's rhythm section. They are popular for their live performances, uh, sly and humorously. humorously Humorous lyrics, and the similar appearances of Gibbons and Hill, who were rarely seen without their long beards, sunglasses, and hats. Yeah, it's like, it's like um, I know that Billy Gibbons always wore wore like a like a those funny beanies. Yeah, yeah, he always had a beanie and sunglasses. Right. Yeah. But that was key to being a sharp dressed man. There, there you go. There. Yeah. So ZZ Top formed after the demise of uh of uh. Moving Sidewalks, uh, Gibbons' previous band. Within a year, the, the members signed with London Records and released ZZ Top's first album, 1971. Yeah, the, the album was called ZZ Top's first album. Yeah, don't get confused, everybody. That was the name of their first album. It was called ZZ Top's first album. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that came out in 1971. Yeah. Uh, subsequently, uh, releases such as Trace on Bracelet in 73 and Fandango in 75. And those al- album singles, LaGrange and Tush. Oh my God, that's such a good song. I love LaGrange, um, man. That was another um, Guitar Hero 2 how, favorite. How, 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 yeah. 
Um, <laughs> again, a sense of air, radio airplay. Uh, by the mid-1970s, the band became renowned in North America for its light act, highlighting by its performances during a, the Worldwide Texas tour from 76 to 77, which was a critical and commercial success. After a hiatus, though, uh, ZZ Top returned in 79 with a new musical direction and image with Gibbons and Hill wearing sunglasses and matching chest length beards. With the album El Loco in, in 81, the group began to experiment with synthesizers and drum machines. I guess that made Frank Beard a little bit upset. Because he was a drummer. And maybe you know, why he refused to grow a beard. Ah, yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> yep. He yeah. might have said, you know what? Screw you guys. You want to bring in a drum machine? I'm You're not growing not my beard. beard out of For, forever. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> they established a more mainstream All you get is this mustache. That's it. You think <laughs> I'm going to give you any more than this mustache? You're dead wrong. You're crazy. <laughs> So they established a more mainstream in sound and gained inter- international favor with Eliminator. Oh my God, such a great album. In 83 yeah. and at the burner in 85, mm-hmm. which integrated inter- integrated influences from new wave punk and dance rock. The popularity of these albums, albums music videos, including um, Give Me All Your Loving, Sharp Dressed Man and Legs um, helped propel them to onto the television channel MTV and made the band one more one of the most one of the more prominent artists in the eighties. The Afterburn tour set record for the highest attending and highest grossing concert tour of eighty six. After gaining a, a, a additional acclaimed with the uh, release of the tenth album, Recycler, in, in 1990, and its accompanying tour, uh, the group's experimentation continued with mixed su- success on the albums Antenna uh, in 94, uh, Rhythm In in 96, Triple X in 99, and uh, Okay. Mescalaro. In 2003, they uh, they most recently released a release La Futura in 2012 and Going 50s in 2019. Um, a compilation album uh, commemorating the band's 50th anniversary. That was that was the Going 50, right? Yeah. So by the time of Phil's death in 2021, ZZ Top had been the longest running band. With an, an unchanged lineup in history, per Hill's wishes, he was replaced by their longtime guitar tech, Elwood Francis on bass. Well, that's by nice. the way, all I could find is that he died in his sleep. I don't. I couldn't find anything that said what the cause of death was, other than he just died in his sleep. Okay. So. Okay. Well. But like, yeah, it know. was it was nice that he he told them like he already had his replacement picked out. Right. Which I mean, yep. uh, I mean, if if Dusty Hill re- recommended me, I would be in like cloud nine, you know. I mean, Dude, just can so, you imagine? No, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. What an I, honor! Right, right. Especially from Dusty Hill, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, ZZ Top has released 15 studio albums and sold an estimated 50 million albums worldwide. Wow. They have won the three MTV Musical Video Music Awards, and in 2004, the members were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 2015, Rolling Stone ranked Gibbons the 32nd greatest guitarist of all time. The band members have supported campaigns and charities, including uh, Childline, Saint Saint Jude's Children Research Hospital and a fundraiser for the Delta Blues Museum. I think that's in Clarksville, Mississippi, if I'm, if I'm mistaken. The Delta Blues Museum? Yeah. Because that's mm-hmm. where my mom was born in Clarksville. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Actually, actually, um, Jimmy Page and uh, Robert Plant did an did album called, called Going to Clarksville. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Very nice. Yeah. The Guardian uh, described ZZ Top as part traditional, part contrary, and part of the deep seam of Texas weirdness that scratched <laughs> that scratched on the thirteenth floor elevators through through the, through to the butthole servers. <laughs> That's a weird band, man. Yeah, they they were a strange band. Well, what was that one song? Um. Fishing uh, Look it up for me, please. Yeah, I will. Texas Monthly described their music as loud, macho, greasy, and distorted, with unrepresent, misogynistic, misogynistic references. In mm. the early '80s, ZZ Top embraced synthesizers and drum machines. Drawing inspiration from British electronic acts such as orchestral um, maneuvers in the dark and the pitch mode, while incorporating onstage dance moves from the former. Helen Gibbons worked as a, as a kind of double act, uh, looking similar and employing simple stage choreography that Hill described as low energy, high impact. Which is true. Yeah. Um, so all they did was just move, move side to side. I think, right? What's that? Sorry. I said, I, I said, because because all they did was just move side to side and, and like spin their guitars around. So yeah, like they had the thing on their guitars where the the guitar uh, was like attached to their belt buckles or something. Right. They would just spin the guitars like. Yeah. And, and, and then uh, they would go around and they caught it at the top. And they did the yeah yeah. yeah. And but you know like that influenced even even went so far as you remember the the drummer video from YouTube a few years back that was like the drummer at the wrong gig yeah right yeah, uh, yeah. so they're playing sharp dressed man yeah but that, you know like you could you could tell that influence was very similar with the guys that were in that band too playing guitar even though you can't really focus on them right because the drummer is the one that's like <laughs> his arms are all over the place yeah. Oh man, I love that video. That guy was on the office. They brought him on the right, office. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was in the warehouse band. So right, yeah. Yeah. With um <laughs> with uh, what, what was his name? Um Um Oh man, I can't remember what that guy's name is. 
but uh, he's great. He's actually a really, really good drummer, and he's been featured at all kind of clinics and stuff. But okay. I just think it's so funny that he he got popular off a of YouTube video. But oh, that one video, just like, man. just like you're getting popular off of that TikTok video that we're going to talk about later. I'm I'm a TikTok sensation. You're a TikTok, yes, yes. Uh, ZZ Top's music video, uh, music videos won multiple DMA awards during the '80s. Topping the categories for uh, Best Group Video, Best Direction, Best Art Direction for Legs, Sharp Dressed Man, and Rough Boy, respectively. Among the among high honors for Lily Top have been in, inducted in, induction into the Hollywood's Rock Walk in 94. The Texas House of Representatives naming them Official heroes for state of Texas. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. A declaration of Lily Top Day in Texas by then government by then government can't talk today by then <laughs> governor Ann Richards on on May fourth, uh, ninety one. So may the fourth be with you on that day too. May the fourth be with you. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 and. Okay, and induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2004. Uh, they were also given commemorative rings by act, by actor Billy Bob Thornton uh, from the VH1 Rock Honors in 2007. Hmm. Billy Bob Thornton is a is a musician too, right? Yeah, he's actually really good at guitar. I, mm-hmm. I think he's called a boxcars or something, box boxcar racers. No, that's uh, that's Tom DeLonge's uh band, but I'll have to look up what yeah. Billy Bob Thornton's um yeah. band yeah. is called. But yeah. yes, Boxcar Racer is a really good band as okay. well. See too, see too much information, music, music information in my head, man. Yeah, I just gotta get it out, you know. Get it out. Okay, so the last thing about these is uh, they also have achieved several chart and album sales uh, feats, including six number one singles. On their mainstream rock charts, from the I, from the RIAA, uh, ZZ Top has earned four gold, three platinum, and two multi-platinum albums, certificate certifications, and one double di- and one diamond album. So that's pretty interesting. Although I I did hear, okay, so I don't know if you heard this, but they did the tour. Offered the one album called, it's like it's like Western bass, right? And they took a whole lot of animals on their tour, the mm. on stage while while the band played. Total disaster, okay. right? Cause yeah. Because all the birds and and pigeons and animals always crapped on the floor, you know, making it Oof. smell like you know. So they're like, Oof. I don't want to. We don't want to do this anymore. So they, Gross. T- they totally <laughs> hicks that idea. And, Gross. Yeah, yeah. Um, Billy Bob Thornton, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's band is called the Boxmasters. Boxmasters, um, yes. And they have released ten albums. God, since two thousand seven. That's amazing. God, okay. Yeah, oh, that's um, crazy. Oh, oh, oh! Did you look up the 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 Butter Surfer song? Is it Pepper? Pepper. Pepper. That's yes, it. Pepper. Yeah. It's a great song. But yeah. weird band. <laughs> weird, yeah. weird band. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh let's turn it up 
um, because uh, this is our last band that we're covering for our Southern Rock episode uh, today. Um, let's uh, let's dive into Leonard Skinner. Uh, Leonard Skinner is an American rock band formed in Jacksonville, Florida. The group, uh, so contrary to popular belief, pop, contrary to popular belief, they are not from Alabama. They are from Florida. Um, the, uh, the the original uh, originally formed as um, My Backyard in 1964 and compromised of Ronnie Van Zant on lead vocals, Gary Rossington on guitar, Alan Collins on guitar, Larry Junstrom on the bass, and Bob Burns on the um, on the drums. The band spent five years touring small venues under various names and with several lineup changes before deciding on Leonard Skinner in 1969. The band released its first album in 1973, and having settled on a lineup that included bassist Leon Wilkson, uh, keyboardist Billy Powell, and guitarist Ed King. Uh, Burns left and was replaced by Artemis Pyle in 1974. King left in 1975 and was replaced by Steve Gaines in 1976. At the height of their fame in the 1970s, the band popularized the southern rock genre uh, with songs such as Sweet Home Alabama and Free Bird. Um, after yeah, after releasing five studio albums and one live album, the band's career was abruptly halted on October 20th of 1977 when their chartered airplane crashed, killing Van Zant Gaines and backup singer Cassie Gaines, um, and seriously injured the rest of the band. We'll get to the plane crash later. I had to include it in the notes here. Yeah, um, that's yeah. such a pivotal part of their career. Right. Um, but yes, so Leonard Skinner reformed in 1987 with a, for a reunion tour with Ronnie's brother, uh, Johnny Van Zant as lead vocalist. Um, they continued to tour and record with co-founder Rosington, um, the band's sole continuous member, um, Johnny Van Zant and Ricky Medlock, who first wrote and recorded with the band from 1971 to 1972 before his return in 1996. In January of 2018, Leonard Skinner announced its farewell tour um, and continue touring as of October 2019. So it really wasn't a farewell tour. Mm. Uh, members are also working on their 15th studio album. Crazy. So in 2004, Rolling Stone named uh, ranked Leonard Skinner as number 95 on their list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. Um, Leonard Skinner was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on March 13th of 20, uh, 2006. Um, and to date, the band has sold more than 28 million records in the United States. Mm. Uh, Leonard Skinner's fan base continued to grow rapidly throughout 1973, largely due to their opening slot on the Who's Quadrophenia tour in the United States. Their 1974 album, Second Helping, cemented the band's uh, breakthrough. Its single, Sweet Home Alabama, a response to Neil Young's Southern Man, uh, reached number eight on the charts um, that August. That is why in the song, um, we don't need no southern man in, in hell. Yeah, but, yeah. I hope Neil Young will remember. Don't need no southern man around. Uh, don't hell. southern yeah. man. Don't need him around anyhow. Right. That's it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and and also contrary to popular belief, Young and Van Zant were not rivals, but fans of each other's music and very good friends. Um. Young wrote the song Powderfinger for the band but they never recorded it. Um, during their peak years, most of their records sold over 1 million copies, but Sweet Home Alabama was the only single to crack the top 10. Um, and like I said, we have to talk about the plane crash because this was such a big deal in the story, the epic that is Leonard Skinner. Um, it's very sad, but I felt it was necessary to include it in this episode. So, uh, 
following a performance at the Greenville Memorial Auditorium in Greenville, South Carolina, which I didn't know that's where they were flying out of. Greenville, South Carolina. Um, On October 20th, 1977, the band boarded a chartered um, Convair CV240 bound for Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where they were scheduled to appear at LSU the following night. Um, After running out of fuel, the pilots attempted for an emergency landing before crashing in a heavily forested area five miles northeast of Gillsburg, Mississippi. Um, Ronnie Van Zant and Steve Gaines, along with backup singer Cassie Gaines, which was Steve's older sister, um, assistant road manager Dean Kilpatrick, um, pilot Walter McCreary, and co-pilot William Gray were killed on impact. Mm. Other band members, tour manager um, Ron Eckerman, and several several road crew members suffered serious injuries. The accident came just three weeks after the release of Street Survivors. Following the crash and the ensuing press, Street Street Survivors became the band's second platinum album and reached number five on the U.S. album chart. The single What's Your Name reached number 13 on the stage um, on the single charts in 1978. Um, The original cover sleeve for Street... This is crazy, too. And I heard about this before. Um, The original cover sleeve uh, for Street Survivors had featured a photograph of the band Amid Flames, uh, with Steve Gaines nearly obscured by the fire. That's creepy. Mm. Um, out of respect for the deceased and at the request of Teresa Gaines, which was Steve's widow, um, MCA Records withdrew the original cover and replaced it with the album's back photo, yeah. a similar image of the band against a simple black background. Um, however, the group would restore the original image for the 30th anniversary deluxe edition of the album. The Leonard Skinner uh, or Leonard Skinner then um, disbanded after the tragedy, reuniting only on one occasion to perform an instrumental version of Free Bird at Charlie Daniels Volunteer Jam uh, Five in January of 1979. Uh, Collins, uh, excuse me, Collins, Rosington, Powell, and Pyle were joined by Daniels and members of his band. Leon Wilkinson, um, who was still undergoing physical therapy for his badly broken left arm was in attendance along with Judy Van Zant, Teresa Gaines, Jojo Billingsley, and Leslie Hawkins. Uh, Rosington, Collins, Wilkinson, and uh, Powell formed the Rosington Collins Band, which released two MCA albums, Anytime, Anyplace, Anywhere, in 1980, and This Is The Way in 1981. No, that is not a Mandalorian tribute album. Um, deliberately avoiding comparisons with Ronnie Van Zant, as well as suggestions that his band was Leonard Skinner reborn. Rosington and Collins chose a woman, um, Dale Krantz, as the lead vocalist. However, as an acknowledgement of their past, the band's concert encore would always be an instrumental version of Freebird. Um, Rosington, yeah, Rosington and Collins eventually had a falling out over the affections of Dale Krantz. Ugh, nasty love triangle, um, mm. whom Rosington married and with whom he had formed the Rosington Band, which released two albums, uh, Return of the Scene, Return to the Scene of the Crime in 1986 and Love Your Man in 1988, and also opened for the Leonard Skinner Tribute Tour in 1987 um, and 1988. So all that's going on, but we need to talk about how they finally got all back together. So, uh, in 1987, Leonard Skinner reunited for a full-scale tour with five major members of the pre-crash band, um, crash survivors Gary Rosington, Billy Powell, Leon Wilkinson, 
and Artemis Pyle alongside the guitarist Ed King, who had left the band two years before the crash. Uh, Ronnie Van Zant's younger brother Johnny took over as the new lead uh, lead singer and primary songwriter. Due to founding member Alan Collins' paralysis from his 1986 car accident, um, he was only able to participate in the musical as the musical director, choosing Randall Hall, his former bandmate in the Alan Collins band, um, as his stand-in. In return for avoiding prison following his guilty plea to DUI manslaughter, Collins would be wheeled out on stage each night uh, to explain to the audience why he could no longer no longer perform, usually before the performance of That Smell. Um, the lyrics have been particularly directed at him. I didn't know that. Um, Collins was stricken with pneumonia in 1989 and died on January 20th, uh, excuse me, January 23rd, 1990 at the age of 37. On November 28th of 2005, the rock and roll hall of fame, um, announced that Leonard Skinner would be inducted alongside black Sabbath, Blondie, Miles Davis, and the sex pistols. They were inducted in the Waldorf Astoria hotel in Manhattan on March 13th of 2006 during the hall's 21st annual introduction, uh, excuse me, annual induction ceremony. The inductees included Ronnie Van Zant, Alan Collins, Gary Rosington, Ed King, Steve Gaines, Billy Powell, Leon Wilkinson, Bob Burns, and uh, Artemis Powell. So just about everybody. On uh, April 4th of 2017, a biopic film project was announced. The film would later in, was later entitled Street Survivors, the true story of the Leonard Skinner plane crash and released in June of 2020. I have not seen it. I was I hoping that I could have watched it before we did this episode. Yeah. I just didn't have time. So, um, but I'll definitely be checking that out um, because I, I, I remember the, I remember the behind the music, uh, the behind the music for Leonard Skinner. I do too. Yeah. Vi- oh, yeah, vividly, yeah. yeah. It always stuck with me because right. they showed the, um, they showed the album cover for street survivors and they zoomed in on, uh, on his face and he's, and he is that he is completely engulfed in the flames. And unfortunately he was one of the ones that passed away. Yeah. Um, in that plane crash. That's, but, that's, that's why they decided to do, to, to take that out and put a new right. one in. Yeah. Yeah. But just to, you know, I, and the reason I wanted to include the plane crash was to show you that like a horrible tragedy doesn't mean it's the end. No. You know, you can always like come back and you can rise from the ashes, right? So, yeah. literally, you know, it, 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 this band was reborn um, from a horrible, horrible tragedy that took the lives of so many core members of the band. Um, and uh, they're still continuing that their music still means so much to so many people. Like I said, um, when Allie's cousin passed away, um, Freebird means a lot to her, her family. Oh, yeah. Um, and um and it means a lot to a lot of people that song uh the lyrics in it are very very deep um if i if i leave here tomorrow would you still remember me you know uh, yeah. and yeah. it's it kind of makes a point to leave your mark and um do something meaningful and uh, kind of leave an impression on people so whenever you are gone your you know your memory continues to live on in your friends and your family so exactly yeah, yeah. good stuff good stuff so, that's it uh, southern rock yeah southern rock you so, did, Mr. Tom. <laughs> yeah that but well i still think that well i mean for me i mean free word is not 
Okay, so my, my beef with Freebird is I heard it all the time because me, oh, yeah. me and my friends go out to black bars and yeah, run in the road every time I went out, Freebird yeah. comes on. Oh, yeah, when it's guaranteed. I always hit, man, the, like the bars like, like midnight. I can't, yeah. I can't get out of it without hearing the Freebird like two or three times. Oh, yeah. Back to back to back. I'm like, oh, my God. Right. I'm picking, pick like, they're like a Breaking Benjamin song or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, anything but Freebird. So, that's my, you know, but but for yeah. for, for for your family, I mean, for Ali's family, that's yeah, a great, yeah. great reminder of, um, of a, of a, of a, of a, of a, um, special thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. To, um, connect that, you know, to, connect yeah. Freebird with the, um, yeah. That's music, man. That's the yeah, power yeah. of music. Yeah, know? exactly. And that's what we—that's what we want to promote on this on this I guess for you know. Yeah. So music does save you know everybody. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but before we conclude, um, why don't we go over your um, mental health minute section? Yeah. So today's mental health minute. Uh, again, if you guys struggle with depression or anxiety, these mental health minutes are hopefully useful to you. You can, um, you can take what you hear on the podcast and apply it to your life somehow. Um, so today's mental health minute, uh, set up a getaway. It could be camping with friends or a trip to the tropics. If you can afford that kind of thing, uh, the act of, um, planning a vacation and having, um, having something to look forward to can boost your overall happiness for up to eight weeks, eight weeks. So, you know, we're, we're not going to the tropics anytime soon. Um, but we do love Disney, right? So that's what we look forward to. We're going to Disney um, at the end of the uh, of the month of October. Um, the last week of October will be will be gone. Um, our anniversary is at the beginning of October, but we're going at to celebrate right, at yeah. the end. So, um, so yeah, we're we, you know we're looking forward to that, and we're gearing up, and we've got countdowns on our phone. Uh, and uh, really, really, really looking forward to it to that trip. And uh, I, I think it's true. Even planning gives you it just gives you something to look forward to. And uh, you know, also, also going on vacation kind of recharges your batteries. You know. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because if you like are in, like if you have like a bad boss, you know, kind of makes you stressed out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you kind of need that refreshment back. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you break away, you kind of just, just do a full reset, come back in, you can think clearly. Um, I'm actually it- going to the mountains uh and um after the week the weekend after we get back um from from Disney with uh, my buddy Robert. Um and so I'm looking forward to that too cuz I've I mean, I've been to the mountains in Tennessee, but we're going up to Asheville. Yeah. Um, so that'd be fun. I'm um, nice. looking forward to that as well. Just a, just a little getaway, just a quick weekend trip and just get out for a minute. So, Oh, you know, I mean, you could take a, like eight, like eight week vacation, man. Yeah. So that's that great. Eight weeks. That's, that's a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah. But that's a good time, you know? So, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, so yeah, so everybody, thanks for listening to the show. Make sure you share this with all your friends and family, dogs, cats, um, babies, whoever you may need to start with. Right. Um, so make sure you um, leave a rating and review our podcast as you like to see grow. Um, and if you leave a rating and review, 
uh, we'll we'll read your reviews right here on the show, just like Mr. Brosley is going to do for you right now. Yeah, so this one comes from JB um, Godoy. Godoy? I don't know. Godoy, sure. G-O-D-O-Y. Um, they said, so much to love. Uh, awesome podcast. They gave us five stars. Thank you. Awesome podcast with a lot of small things about uh, about it that are worth appreciating. The host, James, has a genuine and authentic demeanor. The co-host is highly positive with a lot of great energy. Aww. Thanks. We drink a lot of coffee. That's um, right. We do. <laughs> Two things that I love are how they mix uh, bits and pieces of the music they were referring to in the actual episode as a subtle background music while it's being discussed and how they take the time to review and give energy to musicals, uh, to musicals as well. So um, uh, I'm not much of a music lover, but do enjoy musicals and live music. So that's cool. Um, And then we also have one from Chantel O. Uh, She said, great podcast. Give us five stars. Thank you. Um, great storytellers and guests, the kind of podcast that you should support. So thank you. And if you do want to support the podcast, there's plenty of ways to do that. How can they do that, James? Yes. They can go to our Instagram page at when words fail podcast. And that's underscores between each, each word. Um, on Facebook, it's a WWFMS podcast. We're on Twitter at when words fail MS and we're on TikTok, finally, at When Words Fail Music Speaks. Email us at When Words Fail Podcast at gmail.com to, uh, to request a, a subject or something like that. Yeah. Uh, we're on YouTube where you can watch our, our video cast at youtube.com slash When Words Fail Music Speaks. We got, we got a website so you can check us out there. When Words Fail Music Speaks dot com. And our merchandise link will be at the bottom of this of this um, podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts and yeah, much, go buy and, and many more. Yeah, get you something real nice: t-shirts, masks, baby clothes, uh, laptop cases. It's all right there for you to buy. All there. That'll help us out for sure. Yes, where, sir. So, where can our lovely, lovely listeners find you? I am on the Instagram and Twitter at Blake underscore Mosley, M-O-S-E-L-E-Y. I'm also on YouTube, youtube.com slash Mosley, M-O-S-E-L-E-Y-Y-Y. I've got a good bit of drum videos up there from playthroughs at church. Um, Please go check those out. I've also put one of those (laughs) drum playthroughs uh, on TikTok. Um, And uh, my TikTok is at Blake Brosley. Uh, for some reason, it has over twenty two thousand views right now, and blowing up, man. Shares and likes, and I don't understand. But all I did was that one. It was just because I threw it up there, just because I was like, "Well, I've got a TikTok. I might as well put something on it." And uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see nice. where that goes. That's that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, cool. Wonder when I can start monetizing that. I don't know. It'll be a while. <laughs> yeah, okay, so the, okay, so does Ali know a bunch about TikTok? No. Okay. Well, I, I, I and I don't either. I don't know how to navigate around that thing, but I may be doing more now that I know how to do challenges. I may yes. throw that up there. So. Yes, please do a challenge. I will do a challenge. Are Are you off work tomorrow? Um. Yes, I am. Do I'll tomorrow. do one tomorrow. Do one tomorrow. Yeah. I'll do one tomorrow. Okay. So, um, our sources for this lovely, lovely episode is Wikipedia, RollingStones.com, Fandom.com, 
Ranker.com and Spendity.com. And also Mr. Tom. Mr. Tom. Mr. Tom. Mr. Tom.com. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> before we go, before we go, I've got to do a shout out to my, my friend Mark. Mark, okay. Mark suggests um, episodes for us, and I keep okay. forgetting to tell you. Oh, so no worries. So, yeah. yeah, so I'm sorry about that, Mr. Mark. I will do my best of reminding Blake about it. But I, I have, I have received your, your uh, requests, and we will do one of your uh, episodes soon. Yes, so. absolutely. We'll do, we'll do regular episodes. We'll do uh, cover wars episodes. If you guys have some covers you want us to check out, yes, uh, we'll be glad to do that. Um, and yeah, thank you guys again for all the support listening to the show. We hope you're doing good out there. Um, happy Halloween that's coming up. Uh, the, the next episode that you'll get in your feeds after this one drops will be, um, Uh, some Halloween theme stuff, right? Right. Yep. So, um, so happy early Halloween to everybody. And we do have amazing cover wars, Halloween episode coming Uh, soon. Yes. That's going to be amazing. Yes. Can't wait. Can't wait. So, um, can't wait to get those out to you. Um, everybody enjoy the fall season while it's here because I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a blink and you miss it kind of thing. So soak it up, watch your college football, go Cox. There you go. Um, go Cox. And, uh, <laughs> go Cox and happy Halloween. So once again, thanks again, everybody for listening. And always remember when words fail, music speaks. See you guys later. Bye y'all.